I know everybody's going to be giving you all the combine, you know, all the combine stuff this week, at least the preview of it. There's really so only so much you can say about these guys. You know, we'll get all the information, um, you know, tonight or uh, this week, this weekend, uh, the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends all, all go this weekend. So we will be back next week to talk about all that kind of what stood out to us, the winners, the losers, all that good information that you'll be looking for. But uh, so tonight we decided to take a little bit different of an approach, uh, kind of just do like an early ADP kind of review, kind of see where things are coming in. And especially, you know, we're going to talk about the rookies first, kind of where they're fitting in right now in terms of ADP. Obviously, some of these things are going to change. Some of them are going to go up. Some are going to go way down. They're going to get a lot of fluctuation. But overall, this is kind of what we want to talk about this week. And like I said, we will be back next week for a full breakdown of the combine, all the goodness, all the 40 times that a guy's out there running in, you know, their underwear. So the underwear Olympics, as some may call Colin. Hand size. Yes, hand size, 40 <laughs> times, you know, all that good stuff that everybody gets uh, overly excited about in terms of the combine. So we are on to March, so that is good news. So uh, without further ado, let's just go ahead and uh, get into some things. Uh, first things first, we got the question of the week this week. And I think let's, let's have a little fun with it. Who are your, let's say, top five? Who are your top five favorite fantasy football players you've ever drafted? Ooh, Let's see, Jamal Charles, Matt Forte, Brandon Marshall, uh, Arian Foster was always a favorite. And I'm gonna throw out a, uh, I'm gonna throw out a waiver wire pickup that took me to the promised land, C.J. Anderson. You're, I thought you were gonna say somebody else. Okay. Um, okay, so for me, number one, always and forever, will be Megatron. Um, I had him my our home keeper lead. I had him for years, um, mm. pretty much since he was drafted all the way through. Uh, I actually traded him the, the year he retired. I traded him right that offseason, right before he retired. So that worked out for me. But Megatron will always have a special place in my heart. Um, just, just was so much fun. Just a, such a one-of-a-kind player and what he was able to do in terms of his physicality, his speed, everything that he brought to the table. Uh, so Ke- Calvin Johnson would definitely be number one for me. Um, follow that up. It probably would have to be Antonio Brown, uh, another guy that uh, had very early in the process. Uh, love Antonio Brown. Yes, uh, late stage career stuff completely changed. I, I 100% believe that knockout that he took against the, I think it was the Bengals, Montez Burfick that knocked his ass out. Yeah. I don't think he really was ever the same uh, after that. I, it, I, we're definitely probably going to hear that he had CTE, you know, later on it, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, he's a maniac now. Yeah. 
But uh, both of those two uh, dudes were fantastic. I definitely agree. Arian Foster was probably like like one of like guys that I remember as like that really late get round player that somebody would have drafted that ended up just going off. Arian Foster mm-hmm. he just would have stayed healthy. He was fantastic. Um, next up, I'm going to go with Priest Holmes. Uh, short short lived, but he had one of the best fantasy seasons we will ever see. And then I'm going to go with the waiver wire guy as well, and that is Zach Stacy. Absolutely love Zach Stacy. <laughs> Now, not the person because he's a piece of shit because uh, he ended up getting, right. I think, arrested for stuff. But when it happened, he won a lot of people fantasy championships. And I will never forget whatever had happened because it was um, he because I because uh, I remember there was a lot of debate. I can't remember the other running back. It was him and another guy. There was this heavy, heavy debate. I really uh, felt like it was going to be Zach Stacy. What was Zach Stacy? Everyone else went and picked up the other dude. Uh, I can't remember. Trey Mason. I think that might be it. I can't remember, though. And he went off. So uh, he would definitely be. actually. It just came to me while I was thinking about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take one out. I am not gonna go with Darian Foster. You listen up. I'm gonna list Julius Thomas, and mm-hmm. was will always go down as one of my best calls I've ever had. Uh, the year uh, with Peyton Manning, never forget it. I was heavy telling everybody to draft Julius Thomas. Everybody was telling me I was crazy. He, he's not gonna be anything. I mean, I was like smashing the table. Draft Julius Thomas. Draft you. I mean, everywhere, all over Twitter. Everywhere, people were uh, trying to cloud me. He goes out in the first game, had like 100 yards, two scores with Peyton Manning. It was fantastic. I'll never forget it. So Julius Thomas has to go on that list for me, for, uh, for just for that call alone. Short-lived career, but whether he was with Denver, he was he was excellent. was great that year. So that would probably be my top five list of guys. There's probably other guys if I really wanted to dig into it, but those, those five uh, are the best. And I also think, honestly, that some of my favorite things to do is to go back like in history of like the fantasy leagues you're in of like six, seven, eight, nine years ago and just kind of look at your roster, kind of the players you have, and like all of a sudden like, oh, it's like a trip down memory. Like, oh, I forgot about that guy. Man, I, yeah, I thought that guy was going to be great. And, you know, like I, cause I'll never forget, like Monterio Hardesty. I, I, I thought this dude was going to be fantastic for the Browns. Um, I think he came from Tennessee. Uh, never, nothing ever happened with him. But, you know, uh, that's what happens uh, with fantasy football. There's a lot of uh, trutherism. Jeremy Hill was a favorite, especially on this. If people have been listening to the show for a long time. I was always banging my drum for Jeremy Hill uh, until you know he did win a Super Bowl though, so there is that. But you know, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, you, you sprung this one on me. I'm, I'm sure if I had some some time, there was definitely some some throwbacks that we could we could pull up. Oh, for sure. Mont- I mean, Matt Forte, I think, is a guy a lot of people forget. Like, just how good that dude was uh, for the Bears. Yeah. Great pass catcher. I mean, he was kind of like the – he's a little bit of like the Christian McCaffrey before Christian McCaffrey. He was such an elite pass catcher, but he was such a three-down workhorse. You kind of do everything with. I mean, he was awesome in his time. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson was was awesome for a while. For rare, not just a while, a really long time, but very more one-dimensional. But, yeah, there's a lot of different names. Uh, just go back. Uh, I remember um, – was it Gary Barnage uh, for the Browns? He had that yeah. one year where yeah. uh, he went off. So, yeah. Um, so that being said, let's just get into it, right? Um, so let's let's yeah, first man. things first. I don't think there's a lot to talk about right now with the quarterback position. I kind of looked at the ADP there, and, and for reference, people know we're using Underdog Fantasy ADP right now. It's kind of the best you can probably get in terms of just like real actionable data. People that are putting money on this. I know the scoring is a little bit different. It is best ball. But overall, you're still going to get a pretty good understanding of kind of where things sit right now. The quarterback position, you have uh, Bryce Young at QB 20. You have C.J. Stroud at QB 24. Anthony Richardson, QB 27. And Will Levis for QB 30. And just for reference, uh, Bryce Young is going 134 overall right now um, as far as QB 20 goes. 
doesn't really stand out to me much. I mean, until we have landing spots for these guys to really know what what their situation is going to be. I personally think Anthony uh, Anthony Richardson is going to be at least year one if he gets a starting job. Could be the best could be the best fantasy quarterback from this list because of his ability to run the football. Uh, I mean, he has that Konami code. Uh, you know, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud can move, but they're not athletic. Like Anthony Richardson could end up being just like an absolute freak of nature in terms of what he can test. He's probably going to run a four four. He is not like a like a smaller quarterback either. No. I mean, he's much more on the Cam Newton size of quarterback, and for him to be able to move at four four like that is special. So. Um, Anthony Richardson, though, and there's starting to be a lot of buzz surrounding Anthony Richardson. I mean, I've seen people talk about he might be the first quarterback drafted. Uh, it's po- uh, with a lot of people falling in love with his tools and his, his, his uh, running ability. So, um, I do think Anthony Richardson's probably going to end up going higher than this once he gets drafted if he goes to a good spot. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, with the with the quarterbacks, there's there's not a ton that stands out. And I do just want to say really quickly that we're going to hit on the rookies first with the ADP. Then we'll just give some of our overall thoughts uh, just across the board, like Kev, Kev, like you said, from underdog. Um, Richardson is interesting, though, because as much buzz as there is around him, there's also like every scouting report you see is like, tools the arm the the running ability and then following it up with just how like inconsistent he can be um i have seen some people start to come to bat to for him in terms of like his pocket presence and some of his decision making so it's gonna be really interesting to see um especially if he can go to a place where there might be like a bridge quarterback intact something i thought would be and i uh, i did a little article today for for uh, one of my jobs talking about what the Detroit lions could potentially do with their, uh, with their draft picks and the lions at six, because they have six and 18 the lions at six would be really interesting. Kind of just like let him sit for a year behind golf. Cause then next year they can release golf. Oh, it's only like a $5 million dead cap hit. And they save like 20 something million against the caps. Like, I think that would be really interesting especially given how young that uh, that roster is and the talent they're starting to build up there. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be an interesting one. It kind of seems like the the early Will Levis hive has started to to die off a little bit. Now Anthony Richardson has kind of taken that, uh, that throne, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reports out there. I mean, this is kind of the good time of the year because we're going to start. We're going to start getting all the reports, kind of where our teams are starting to view these guys. Uh, you know, we're going to you know start really following guys like Dale Jeremiah, who are really, really well connected uh, with this, and start to see where they have some of these guys, and start to give you a good understanding of where some of these teams look at them. And I think most people have said that Anthony Richardson will not fall past the top, a top fifteen uh, quarterback. Like he's going to get drafted high, probably going to be drafted within the top ten. I think all four of these guys yeah. likely go in the top ten. So. Um, there is, you know, still a lot of dominoes to fall. What is Chicago going to do? Do they trade down uh, to move out of that spot? They should, but also other teams know this. The teams know that they're not going to trade Justin Fields. So that do they get the package they want to be able to move down to be able to make that happen? We'll see. I know a team like the Colts are definitely looking for a quarterback. So, you know, you can see them move up, maybe get a little bit desperate. You got drunk Jim Irsay over there, you know, who uh, tends to pull the string sometimes. So, uh, you know, we'll see uh, on that. So, I think we don't really need to talk much more about the quarterback position. Like I said, landing spots really going to determine. Yeah. But I will say, I agree. If a team takes goes to the Lions, like I think there's going to be a real conversation about that quarterback being the QB one in Dynasty, uh, whoever that could be if they if they do take a quarterback because that roster is so loaded right now. 
one of the best offensive lines in the league. You will not find a, a really a much better uh, – too many teams that have a better offensive line than what they do. It's young at, at this point as well. You have Jamison Williams. You have Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, I think they could also draft another wide receiver in this, in this year. They still have DeAndre Swift. So, like, it is the perfect situation for a rookie quarterback to step into. So, yeah. uh, if they do end up taking – especially Anthony Richardson, it's pants off. And I think, actually, Anthony Richardson, if he went to the Lions, would go to QB1. I, I definitely think – uh, that is a real possibility there. Uh, if yeah. that happens in Dynasty, I think that that could that could definitely happen with that landing spot because you can't ask for anything better than that. So, so let's switch over to the running backs. You have Bijan Robinson coming off the board at RB four right now um, uh, for, for the running backs. That RB four, like I, I knew that he was going to go high. He it it, it happens. Uh, we've seen it before. We've seen guys like Saquon Zeke when they were coming out. Uh, Daji Harris, you know, uh, Clyde Edwards, Lair, uh, Saquon. Uh, yeah, uh, j- jump up into the top 12 running backs, uh, their rookie year. Uh, Bijan's definitely gonna happen, but just seeing him go off the board at RB4 was a little wild to me already. And he hasn't even been drafted yet, like, we don't even know his situation at this point. But, uh, Bijan, we already know he's the he's the goat. Then after that, you have J- uh, Jameer Gibbs, who's coming off the board at RB17. You have Zach Charbonnet. RB30, and then there's a massive gap uh, between that uh, to uh, Sean Tucker to RB40. Then you kind of have a little bit of a run. Uh, uh, Devin A. Chain, RB43. Tank Bigsby, RB51. Zach Evans, RB54. Roshan Johnson, RB56. Uh, Kendra Miller, RB59. And then you got some other guys like uh, Dwayne, McBride, or Dwayne McBride, Kitty McIntosh, Deuce Vaughn, Chase Brown, uh, all coming off the board, and then from there, it's kind of just uh, you know a hodgepodge of guys. But right now, it's kind of a clear cut top three uh, guys because all of them: Zach Charbonnet, uh, RB thirty, is coming off the board at ninety five. You have to drop all the way down to one thirty seven point six is Sean Tucker. So there's a clear gap between those guys. I think it's yeah. fair for those three to be the top running backs right now. I don't think there's a whole lot you know changing that right now. Now, obviously. Landing spot's going to be huge because opportunity is king in fantasy football. But I really don't have a problem where either uh, any of those three are going. Do you? Jameer Gibbs feels a, a little pricey to me, um, especially considering underdog is a half PPR uh, format to go at RB seventeen. Which, it, like, I, I looked at that and kind of just like maybe be like ah, like. I don't know if I'd be if I'd be willing to to pay that for for him at this point, just because. And I, I I'm not saying that he's just a pass catching back, but that is going to be where a, a large chunk of his uh, fantasy value comes from, right? Um, and I slightly get it because you know some of the names that are coming up after him like aren't super exciting. Dalvin Cook, who's obviously getting up there in age, like I, I would still prefer Cook over Gibbs for sure. Um, Aaron Jones, obviously, with a, maybe without Aaron Rodgers, something we have to see, like Joe Mixon all the way down at RB19 now. I think solely based off of the fact that, that they're talking about him potentially being like a cut candidate, right, for, for the Bengals. Um, and, and it definitely didn't sound as glowing as it did for T. Higgins whenever they were talking to the, the Bengals GM about his potential future. Like RB19 for Joe Mixon still just feels like a, a, a little too low. You gotta assume that he lands somewhere where he's gonna end up having, you know, a, a similar role to what he had, what he's been having in, in the league so far. So like 
Gibbs just feels like a little a little too pricey for me at this point. Like like you're saying with Bijan, like we don't know where these guys are going to land yet. Like we don't know what kind of situation they're going to be going into. Bijan makes more like I I would rather draft Bijan at RB four than I would Gibbs at RB seventeen, just because I feel like there's there's less questions surrounding it right like wherever Bijan goes he's going to get drafted in the first round he's going to be the workhorse we know he can catch athletic freak all of that um so that that was the one that that stood out to me in terms of the of the top three Charbonnet is is really growing on me at RB30 I really like that price and then like dropping down past some of these guys I think Kendry Miller at RB59 at a at an ADP of 191.9 is super interesting. And then somebody like Israel Abinakanda, someone I talked about on the RB show, and like I said at that time too, I'm not exactly known for saying nice things about Pittsburgh and especially not pit football, but there are reports coming out that this dude could potentially run like a, a 4-3 low 4-4. And if that happens, he his value is going to get shot up. So if you're snagging him on best ball like even if you're drafting early on somewhere like ffpc or something like that and you're getting uh Abinacanda that late i think that's an absolute home run yeah don't mind me either actually uh you know i i couldn't help myself to mention that keaton mitchell the guy that i've talked about um uh, that i really want to see where he comes in size wise uh in terms of the combine he's going rb86 239 i mean he's free he's absolutely free he's somebody that i that i definitely would look to take some shots on we've kind of talked about you know, how Devin A. Chain, but it's it's wild to me how they're so, I mean, there is a massive gap. It's our RB43 to RB86 uh, to those two guys. And they're very similar. I mean, very similar size, very similar kind of speed guys. So, you know, I, I do think uh, Keith Mitchell is a guy that I definitely be looking at. Some other names on here, Roshan Johnson, I think is a name that started, uh, is starting to gain some buzz as well. Uh, somebody that, you know, really kind of carved out a role, obviously played behind B. John Robinson at Texas, but to not be surprised with how, how well he may test at the Combine, somebody that could really uh, do himself some favors. So RB56, I think he should be looking at. I don't love Tank Bigsby coming off the board at like RB6 right now, off the board in terms of the rookie running backs. Like, I'm not all that high on Tank Bigsby. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I know that he was a guy that people were higher on, you know, last year and years prior. You know, this year he kind of fizzled out a little bit, wasn't very good, and Auburn wasn't great either. But, you know, Tank Bigsby's not really a guy I love. A lot of these other guys are just going to be, you know, landing spot dependent. Like, Devin A-Chain could definitely go to a spot. If a team's going to use him correctly, if he tests a little bit higher, comes in a little bit heavier than what he's looking at right now, I think it's possible that maybe we look at Devin A. Chain a little bit different, especially if he can go to an advantageous spot where he's going to be able to ask to catch passes, you know, a, a lot more. So I do like that's, uh, you know, could be for him. I think, you know, especially in more full PPR uh, things you have to remember, like with underdog fantasy, this is half point PPR. So you know, pass catching running backs aren't as valuable. You know, if he's not going to have an, you know, a you know, a first or second down role in an offense, if he's just going to be a third down back. Then I think that changes how I would view him a little bit, but. Overall, I still think uh, that uh, I don't really have an issue with many of these guys going after that. I think there's still a lot of value. I will say it on underdog, there seems to be a little bit smarter uh, in terms of people drafting these guys. Because I remember this time last year, like you could draft Brees Hall. Like you could have gotten him in like the sixth, seventh, eighth round uh, at this time last year. Uh, now uh, you're getting B. John Robinson and RB4 um, off the board, Jameer Gibbs, you know, Zach Charbonnet, all going much higher than all these rookies were last year. So there's some of the edge is gone. Um, so th- those are kind of the guys that I, that I, that I kind of look at. It's kind of stood out to me. 
Is there anything else the running backs you want to hit on, or do you want to jump over to wide receiver? No, I think we can jump over to wide receiver. And there I was a little surprised to see that Jackson Smith and Jigba was the first wide receiver coming off the board. Seems like there's just been, you know, in, in draft circles, dynasty, that it's either Addison or Quentin Johnson for the most part at wide receiver one. But on underdog, it's Jackson Smith and Jigba at wide receiver 29. Jordan Addison, wide receiver 37. Quentin Johnson, wide receiver 41. Zay Flowers, wide receiver 46. Jalen Hyatt at 49. Josh Downs at 54. Kayshawn Butte drops down to 61. Then we have a gap after that going down the Rasheed Rice and guys like Marvin Mims, Cedric Tillman, and Penn State great Parker Washington. But uh, any, anything stand out to you here with the wide receivers, Kev? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot that stands out to me with, with these guys. One, there's such like you have a certain group and then it just falls off a cliff. And I think there's actually a yeah. lot of like honestly, like Cedric Tillman, I think there's like I think he could be a second round pick. Like I think he could be a guy in the NFL draft that goes second, maybe third round. And he's going to wide receiver 99. Like he's basically going undrafted. Like he's just guys yeah. that people are just throwing in at the very end. And so I think there's a lot of value here. I think there's the guys that people know. Uh, the names of and then all these other guys they're just kind of like oh whatever people are just taking shots on these guys or a lot of times just going undrafted because Cedric Tillman I mean why does he have 99 at that point you're almost going undrafted at that at that level of yeah. you know I know you know you draft more wide receivers than underdog you know you'll see teams draft seven or eight wide receivers but still why you know going that late so there's a lot of value here I think in some of these other names now in terms of my uh, like in terms of the early guys listen I love I, I really do like Quentin Johnson I think some of the stuff that's been said about him I think it's a little unfair. Yes, people have brought up that, well, he played at TCU. And, you know, we've seen guys like Jalen Rager and uh, Josh Doxson come from there, you know, and, you know, you know, should, I, I just, I hate that, that, that type of analysis. It's, it's not helpful whatsoever. It does yeah. not matter that those, that those guys yeah. came from there. Uh, one, it's a completely different coach now, like, than was coaching like Josh Doxson at that time. So, like, it, it just, it just doesn't even make, it doesn't even matter to me. But uh, Quentin Johnson is a guy that I think, could go in a wide range, right? I think it's possible he goes early first, like top 15 first. I also think it's possible he could go early second. Like, I think it's just, it's just depends on what NFL teams look at him. But I also think that he is going to absolutely light up this, this combat. I think he is going to be a guy, six foot four, 215 pounds. I think he is going to run a 4440. And at that size, I have people are going to fall in love with that. A lot of people have talked uh, about how athletic he is, and a lot of it shows up with his uh, yards after the catch per reception, which is 11th among all wide receivers in this class. He was 10th in yards per route run. Like he hits every metric that you're looking at. Now, the, the only thing you will say, and what I talked about in the wide receiver video that I did uh, about these guys, is that at, there are times that he flashes, and you're like, is that Randy Moss out there, out there mossing people? And then there's other times he just completely disappears. Um, and he's, he just, he's gone. And that's kind of the biggest red flag that you have against him. But I think he has the potential to be a true dominant alpha wide receiver in this class. And, and so, cause there's question marks here with these guys. Like if you get to Jordan Addison, like Jordan Addison could, could end up testing. He's not six foot. I, I, I don't think he's going to be six foot. I think he could be, but if he's five ten, one seventy, we're going to have some problems uh, with that, with that height. Right. And, a lot of that's how a lot of these guys are like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't think he's going to test at all to combine um, because it, it sounds like he may not even be athletic. Like he, like, and I don't think that he is. And what, honestly, it doesn't matter. Like unless, unless he goes out there and runs like a four nine or something crazy. But like, if he runs a four five, it doesn't matter. Like Amon Ross St. Brown wasn't a, some athletic specimen whenever he came out 
of USC. And we, we, we see Keenan what happened Allen. there, right? And so it doesn't really matter. Jack Smith's Jigba, I still think, is that guy. But overall, um, I do think most of these guys are going uh, in a fair range. Like, I, I do think, you know, like wide receiver 73rd, or 73rd overall for Jordan Anderson is too high. Jackson Smith Jigba going 56.3 is too high for rookies, right? And I think that we've gotten so used to seeing these rookie wide receivers break out like Jamar Chase did um, and a lot of these other wide receivers that just go off in their rookie year. I don't think this class is this. Like, I like this rookie class, this wide receiver rookie class. I don't think it has that dominant alpha wide receiver. We may not have a wide receiver in this class that turns out to be a number one wide receiver or a wide receiver one in fantasy, if you will. We could end up having a bunch of guys who are wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes. So I think some of these guys are being a little bit overdrafted. So I would rather take some of these guys that are going a little bit later, like a Zay Flowers, who's going 93rd overall. Uh, I think he is a little bit safer. I love Zay Flowers. And I don't know if you saw the picture on Twitter. Uh, I guess he's been uh, yoking up. And that dude has put on like 10 to 15 pounds yeah. of muscle. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Because <laughs> have you watched Zay Flowers yet? Because we didn't do that. So I, I, I can't. So I don't know. Have you got to watch him? I like him a lot. I like him a lot. The, watching him play is like six to midnight. Like watching what he can do on that. Like it really does kind of remind me. I, I kind of compared it like in the video. Like he kind of reminds me a little bit of Kadarius Tony. Like with what he's able to do in open field and be able to make guys miss, that ability is special to me. And yes, he's he is also on a little bit of the smaller side, 5'11", 5'10". But I think he's going to come in at probably 185. And if he does... Zay Flowers is going to be the dude for me that I'm going to love because like watching him is so much fun. Yeah, and for for him being a, a, a smaller wide receiver as well, like he he like doesn't go down easy. He said run after the catch. He's he, he is a fun watch. I I do like him a lot. The only other thing I really have to to add to the conversation, much like you were talking about with Cedric Tillman potentially being uh you know a day two draft pick, say the same thing for Parker Washington. It's not you know. Not full Homer status here, but uh, I, I think wa- Washington's being looked at as potentially having some of the best hands in this entire group. So getting him at you know 105, 238 overall is a, is a nice price there. But the other uh, the other guy I just wanted to mention was Jalen Hyatt at wide receiver 49. You were talking about Tillman for someone who is being expected to come out and run a four three at the combine. You know, especially. Uh, especially a platform like underdog that is best ball. Like, like that's what you want, right? Like you want the, the ability for a guy like Hyatt to go, you know, three, four, one Oh five and two. You know what I mean? Like that's well within his range of possibilities. So um, I, I really like getting Hyatt there, especially for someone who's getting buzz, who is in, you know, some people's top, top three to four sl- sliding down here slightly. Um, yeah, Hyatt is the, the the other guy that, that stands out here to me, and I think we can go ahead and move on to tight end. Michael Mayer obviously being the the guy that everyone's been talking about, you know, especially in Dynasty and Devi circles for the past three years. He is tight end 18, already 155 overall. Then we have Dalton Kincaid at 27, Luke Musgrave at tight end 34, Darnell Washington at tight end 35, and Sam Laporta at tight end 41. Kev, any thoughts here with the rookie tight ends? Yeah, I think right now you could actually look at um, Dalton Kincaid as, as kind of a, a value right now yes. compared to he's going at 27, uh, 201, and Michael Myers going, uh, Michael Mayer is going so much higher than he is. Right now, 
Like I'm seeing mocks like Daniel Jeremiah putting uh, Kincaid ahead of Michael Mayer and Kincaid being drafted in the top 15. Like, did you happen to yeah? Did you happen to see where he had Kincaid ranked over among all players? I did not see that. Tenth. Yeah, he's tenth on Jeremiah's big board. Well, I mean the production's there, right? So in twenty twenty two, he 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 posted seventy catches, ninety three targets on ninety three targets, eight hundred ninety receiving yards, eight touchdowns. Um, he he checks all the marks. I mean, he was second in yards per route run on all tight ends, third in missed tackles forced. Um, you know, I think that, you know, on, I think he has uh, more athleticism than Michael Mayer does. Like, I think Mayer is just an overall great tight end. Like, I think you can ask him. Um, I think he is, is a to good, do everything. Yes. Yeah. Like he's, but he also checks the boxes, you know, in the production as well. 67 catches, 809 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. He was actually first in yards per route run um, and seventh and missed tackles forced. Um, I think he is much more of a inline tight end where you look at Kincaid. I think he's going to be a little bit more of a, you know, a move tight end, somebody yes. who plays more on the outside and stuff like that. And so I do think Kincaid, I think uh, considering how much later he is going in this, uh, in terms of the underdog, I think I love that taking shots at him because if he can land in the right spot, I think that he can be uh, very solid. Um, I think the only thing he really needs to improve upon is being an inline blocker, but I really don't care about that in terms of fantasy football. And we've seen a lot of other tight ends that, that don't teams don't really ask them to do that, and that's fine. They have another guy on the roster who they will ask to come in and do that. Now, yes, it takes them off the field a little bit in certain situations, but overall, I think Dalton Kincaid, I think, is a really solid tight end. Um, another guy that, I, that is not on this list, and it doesn't surprise you because it's tight end, right? People aren't all that excited to draft tight ends, but somebody I really like is Tucker Kraft. Um, from San Diego State, uh, not just because Dallas Goddard went there, but he is six foot five, two hundred fifty five pounds. He is going to be a little bit more raw. Somebody that didn't get as much action, only thirty eight targets in twenty twenty two, three hundred forty eight receiving yards and three touchdowns. But dude has excellent size, lines up everywhere. I think he flashes excellent ball skills. But he was fifth in yards per route run, fifth in yards after the catch per reception as well, and nineteenth in missed tackles forced, which is super impressive considering he played such limited opportunities. And so I think Tucker Kraft is somebody that I really like. I think he probably goes in the top three rounds of the NFL draft. Uh, this is one of the better NFL drafts we uh, for tight ends we've seen in a while. Like, there's a lot of names in this group. Uh, but uh, I will say last year he did suffer an ankle injury. That did cost him the five games. That's why he had limited sample size. But the athleticism is definitely there. Uh, at times, he, I mean, I think he surely shows excellent ball skills, body control. Um, I think he's an okay route runner. Not great, not bad. Um I think he's an okay blocker, but very, very good athleticism. So I think Tucker Kraft, who's not even being drafted right now, is a name that people definitely should be taking some shots on. And then I also think Darnell Washington is like a super interesting name. Um, six foot seven, 270 pounds. He is, I think, the best blocking tight end in this entire group. Um, has some, you know, I mean, he's, I think he has freakish athleticism. For a guy his size to be 6'7", 270 pounds, like, I think if he absolutely wanted to, if he wanted to put on 25, 30 pounds, he could be an offensive lineman if he really wanted to do that. Uh, he is that good of a blocker. and I, But that's what worries me with him. Is I think that's what teams are going to ask him to do and just be much more of a blocker. He's going to be utilized. Um, he's not going to be utilized all that much. I don't think he's that. Uh, he's not as attractive as an option for me because I think teams are just going to utilize him much more like that. Kind of like a Johnny Smith, right? See, Johnny Smith has this crazy athleticism, but no team has ever really given him some sort of full workload to be a tight end. They've always uh, valued him more 
as a blocker than they have as as just being like kind of a true tight end. And some guy's going to get 80, 90, 100 targets. It's just not going to happen. And that's kind of how I view Darnell Washington. Following the, the the end of the college season, too, I was seeing his name floated like in the first round, potentially. Like, I don't think he's going to get that type of draft capital, but uh, he's definitely somebody. I, and I was seeing him mock to uh, the Bengals a bunch. So obviously, if you know, I definitely don't think they should take him in the first, but if he can slide into into day two, he might be an interesting uh Interesting name to watch there just because, you know, obviously they, they did need some help on the line. So if he can help blocking there, then if he can just be like that middle of the field type of safety blanket, whenever you have Higgins and Chase running down the field, that could be uh that could be an interesting fit for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I don't think he's like, uh, cause he's not like a great separator uh, either, but it's just his absence. He's just such a mo- monster of a man, six, seven, two seventy. He's going to be a monster in the red zone. So I could see teams utilizing him there, but I just don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be like an every down tight end guy that we're seeing get a lot of opportunity there. So that's the only thing that worries me with him. So yeah. overall, I mean, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, I think right now are kind of the, the top two like easy slam dunk guys for me. And then I think another guy like Tucker Craft, And then I think Luke Musgrave is going to get some attention as well from Oregon State. Another guy that's probably going to be going in the top three rounds yeah. of the NFL draft, 6'6", six, 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 250. Uh, again, very limited opportunities. 11 receptions on 15 targets last year for 169 receiving yards at a touchdown. But um, I will say, I think uh, for a player his size, he has excellent speed. Um, and I think he, um, I, I think he's still extremely raw. Definitely could learn to be a much more better route runner. Uh, he's an only, he's, he's an okay block. He's an okay blocker. Um, I think he definitely could uh, improve in run blocking and stuff like that. So, um, I think he's another name that probably goes in the top three rounds of the NFL draft. But somebody that's going to be much more of a project. And that's what we typically see anyways from a lot of these tight ends. It takes three or four years for them to kind of really latch on and learn, um, you know, the system. So, overall, I think those are the top guys in terms of tight ends. So, uh, we kind of went through all the rookies. I think that's kind of what stands out. Like, obviously, we need, you know, we need the combine. And more so than anything, we need the NFL draft to happen to be able to see where all these guys yeah. are going to come. We need free agency to happen to kind of get some of this stuff. But, because we have a ton of players that are like, especially at running back, a massive list of players that are free agents. Uh, we just had uh, Leonard Fournette that was cut from the Buccaneers. I know people are losing their minds over Rashad White, which I think is a bad mistake because you are looking at a team that probably doesn't have the best offensive line that struggled with Tom Brady, and now they have no quarterback. I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but everybody's falling in love with Rashad White. Like, man, look at all the receptions that Leonard Fournette and Rashad White had last year. That's because they threw the ball 730 fucking times. They're not going to throw the ball that much this year. They're probably going to drop down to like 550, 600. Because I don't see them getting anybody. I mean, they're going to be picking so late. They're not going to have to be able to draft any of the top guys. What they need to do is blow this thing up and start over. It worked. You got Tom Brady. You got a Super Bowl out of it. You won a Super Bowl. That's all you can ask for. It's exactly what they did it for. It worked. Now is the time to blow it up. You, You probably trade guys like, like uh, Mike Evans, if you can trade Chris Godwin, though he'll be a little bit tougher because of his dead cap money. But you get rid of these guys, rebuild, and, and move on. And, you know, suck for Caleb Williams next year, uh, and, and that's what they should do. Now, will they? I don't know. But uh, a guy like Rashad White, like, I've just seen a lot of buzz with him. I'm like, no thanks. No fucking thank you. Do I want any part of that situation? And unless they do something crazy, they're able to acquire another quarterback, and they're able to withstand. But they're still not going to throw the ball 700 times because they don't have Tom Brady. So, anyways, 
let's kind of move on here and kind of transition to kind of an overall theme of the ADP and kind yeah. of what we're looking at. Um, so why, why don't you uh, lead it off here for us here uh, with this conversation so we can just kind of do a little more broad overview. Yeah, so I just I just want to run through, you know, maybe we'll rattle off like the the top four rounds, and then we'll kind of just give some some overall thoughts on what what's going on with ADP right now. Just for the people who may not be doing underdog drafts at this point, still it's so early, um, but uh, just just to give the the folks at home, so to speak, an idea of who is going where at this point. So first round we have Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey. Travis Kelsey, Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Austin Eckler, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Jonathan Taylor rounds out the top 12. So, I mean, the, the things that stood out to me here in the first round, Travis Kelsey at 104, not saying that it isn't warranted because he's obviously the, the biggest difference maker at tight end, right? But this just feels like an overcorrection from last year like last year he was what like back end of the first early in that you know that that round two turn for him to jump all the way up to 104 and like like that cliff is coming at some point right like (laughs) he didn't show any signs of slowing down this year obviously patty mahomes still there they're still gonna have the questions at running back again still gonna have the questions at wide receiver again so travis kelsey is locked in but like being at 104 like that like as soon as i saw that i was just like damn like that I don't know, man. Like that just feels super early. And I, I I tend to not love whenever I go like early tight end. Like I just tend to not like how my my teams turn out just in general. I can't imagine doing it 104, let alone, you know, 112, 201. So uh that, that was something interesting that uh that stuck out to me. Um Kev, you had an interesting point about the running backs, which didn't even cross my mind. But obviously, as I'm reading through that list, uh, you were the one that pointed out three running backs in the first round. Yeah, that's wild to me, right? Normally, it's it's opposite because uh, we have nine wide uh, eight wide receivers and one tight end going in the first round, but only three running backs. Like usually, it's flipped. Usually, it's eight or nine running backs going in the first round. You have two or three wide receivers and possibly a tight end like Travis Kelsey. And it's completely flipped. And what's happened is because of what happened last year, people are overcorrecting because so many running backs busted out last year. And we, yeah. we now we're seeing this overcorrection of everybody drafting wide receiver early. And it's a huge mistake. We've seen this before. We saw it two or three years ago where the running back position was shit. And everybody was like, oh, see, that's what, that, you know, everyone was touting zero RB, which I've always been a, a proponent of zero RB. And everybody, you know, when that happened, zero RB looked great. Next year, everybody did zero RB. If everybody does zero RB this year, it is a bad strategy because that's the whole point of zero RB is because you're able to zig whatever else zags, right? So that if that's what happens and everybody's drafting wide receiver, we see nine, eight or nine wide receivers get drafted in the first round. You should be smashing running back because you're going to get a tremendous value. Jonathan Taylor at RB3 is coming off the board 12th overall. That's what, that's insane. Like normally we see usually the first five picks of any draft, you know, in season long, whatever, is usually all running backs, right? You might get one wide receiver like a Calvin Johnson or Antonio Brown who will slip up there or Michael Thomas, whatever, that year he went off. Like, these things happen. We'll see one. But to see all of these wide receivers go in the first round is going to be an overcorrection and people are going to be really upset that they went this way. Um, And so, and not to mention that Underdog is a half-point PPR site. It's not even full PPR. And so that, to me, makes it even more confounding that how that how all these running backs are falling. So right now, running backs is an excellent value. You can, you can really get really solid running backs, 
right now at a, at a really good discount. Um, so I, it's exactly what's going to happen. I totally agree with you with Travis Kelsey. Here's the thing that I think is going to happen with Travis Kelsey. I don't think Travis Kelsey is going to fall off, but we started to see it last year. We started to see his snap count start to drop, and they start to get more conservative with where they utilize him. He's not going to be on the field as much, and I, I think that is what you're going to see with Travis Kelsey is they're not going to play as much. But yeah, I think you can see him drop down to possibly where he plays 60 70% of the snaps. Now, don't get me wrong, he's still going to see a lot of targets because he's still Patrick Mahomes' best option. But taking him uh, fourth overall is not it. Like, I could not imagine taking him that high. So those are the running those are the situation at the first round. Like I said, we're seeing an overcorrection at wide receiver. Way too many running backs are slipping. And you're going to see it throughout this list because I think what we got to like RB24, who was going ridiculously low. It's just wild how many more wide receivers are going ahead of them. So I'll jump over to the second round, read that off. You have Bijan going at 13-2. Uh, then you have Saquon, Amonross St. Brown, uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Waddle, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Derrick Henry, T. Higgins, and Devontae Smith, or, and Kenneth Walker uh, rounding that up from there. So, obviously, we see three quarterbacks go in this range. Um, you know, 16 and a half, seven, uh, 18.1, and Jalen Hurts at 18.7. It's kind of one thing that really stood out to me here, seeing this many quarterbacks go this early in, uh, you know, in this group. Uh, again, running backs. You have to. You were only at the RB seven coming off the board through two rounds right now in terms of how this is playing out. And obviously, the, the quarterbacks are also pushing down running backs as well. Three quarterbacks going inside the top. I still believe I will not be shocked if we see once we get to season long stuff in August that we see a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen go in the first round of drafts. I will not be shocked. We saw just how those three guys, Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen really affected things. I mean, they went on a, such a serious heater last year, uh, and they were such a huge cheat code uh, last year that people are going to overcorrect and people are going to overdraft quarterbacks. Um, what is your thoughts about this second round? Yeah, I mean, other than seeing three quarterbacks go in the second round, which never thought I would see. Like, like we're always like, man, like taking, you know, Josh Allen at 24 is like, I can't, I can't do it. But if Patrick Mahomes slips like 303, maybe. Nope, not anymore. Second round is where, is where they're going to start going now. Um, the, the, the one name that really jumped out to me was Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, listen, if you, if you watched our show two years ago when, uh, when ARSB was a rookie, I, I couldn't go a show without talking about him. I was pounding the table for him. But at this price, you are drafting him at his ceiling, right? Like wide receiver, what, eight or nine, I think. Uh, you know, he's obviously been a stud on the back of elite volume. He had a 28% target share this year. He was third overall in target rate, just in terms of targets per route run. Um, it's like Jameson Williams doesn't exist. Like, it's like he's not there. Like, he is going to be healthy this year. He's going to be a bigger part of this team. We can't forget that they, they traded up all the way from, what was it, 32 up to 12 to take him. They, they basically knew at that point, too, that it was going to more or less be a, a red shirt type of year for him with how late he tore his ACL. Uh, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show, like they could potentially be looking at drafting another wide receiver as well, because that room is really thin. You know, even with 
even before DJ Chark was a free agent, that was a thin room, and now Chark is gone. So I think they could be looking at that. They could also be a team that's in line to, to be drafting one of these tight ends as well, obviously because they uh, traded away TJ Hawkinson. So I, I think you're just you're drafting him at his ceiling, his absolute ceiling, and it's like not taking into account um, what the Lions could potentially be doing. And like, especially if they can improve that defense as well, right? Like part of the reason why he was seeing so much volume is because the the lack of other options and because they were playing from behind and in these shootouts, these crazy shootouts all the time. So we could see that correct itself a little bit. And then Garrett Wilson at 20th overall, like that just like he is being drafted as if they have the, the, the fix at quarterback already. Like we have no idea what his quarterback's going to be. Like we think he's going to have a better situation because it sure as hell can't get much worse than, uh, than Zach Wilson and Mike white there. But we think that all the time. And then these situations don't necessarily improve that much. We also have to remember they got basically no production at a tight end. Corey Davis was in and out uh, of the lineup all year last year. Elijah Moore wanted to be traded, so he wasn't being played. Like it, like it was really, you know, not taking anything away from Garrett Wilson because if you can get him in dynasty, he's definitely somebody I want to have. But at, at 20th overall, man, I I can't do it. <laughs> I I can't do Garrett Wilson at 20th overall. Yeah, that's 20th overall is is steep. Is is really steep, and it, again, it goes to show. Because these guys are getting so steamed up right now. Like, that's wild. Like, normally your wide receiver 20 is going in, like, fourth, fifth, or sixth round, something like that. Like, like it's like it's it's much later. And so, like, it's it doesn't look nearly as good when you have to take them 15th or, you know, was it 15th overall? Or 20th, 19th overall, sorry. 19th overall. And so, yeah, like, I, I agree. Like, if they could get, like, an Aaron Rodgers or, like, Derek Carr, like, I don't know what to, what to think. Like, Derek Carr... He's never really like I know that obviously Devontae Adams, but he but he's not Devontae Adams either. And so like Garrett Wilson's not, I mean, the one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen, right? With with Devontae Adams and everything he's able to do. But like Derek Carr, like I wouldn't fall as much in love with Garrett Wilson if it's Derek Carr. Now if it's Aaron Rodgers, I, I still think Derek Aaron Rodgers has something to prove. I think Aaron Rodgers is still a good quarterback. I know people want to spare him and think that he's terrible. I don't think that's the case. Um and so if it was Aaron Rodgers, I'd feel a little bit better about Garrett Wilson. And I think that maybe it's a little bit still not 19th overall good. Like, like I, it, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that he's going 19th overall. Like, that is way too high. But that's where wide receivers are going. And they're such an incredible run. Because, um, like, I mean, T. Higgins is going after he is. Give uh, T. Higgins. You know, T. T. Higgins is going after he is. Devonta Smith, D.K. Metcalf is going Smith. after he is. Like, what are we doing, people? Like I, I, and I like Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, I think, is going to yeah. be a baller. Like I think Garrett Wilson is very good. Yeah. He's not yeah. that good, okay? Especially in the situation that he's in. Like that is a major overcorrection there. So yes, I totally agree with that. That is that's wild. So the next round, you have Brees Hall, DK Metcalf, Nick Chubb, Chris Olave, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, Joe Burrow, Debo Samuel, Mark Andrews. Ramondre Stevenson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Amari Cooper coming off the board there. I'm going to say the first thing that stood out to me was Brees Hall. Brees Hall, RB8. I've seen a lot of people, not I've seen people on Twitter talk about him and like how people are excited about him. To have him as like a t- inside their top 10, I think that's a huge mistake. I, I love Brees Hall. Like I was 
the Brees Hall on the bandwagon. Love Brees Hall last year before he, you know when he was coming out, and I still he fantastic this year. Yes, his ACL injury is not as bad as Javante Williams. Sounds like it was a, a simple tear. Like it wasn't no other no other ligaments were involved. It was just a straight ACL tear. But we just see it too much with these running backs. It takes them time to come back and be ready. And they're just not the same guy the first year back from this injury. Like we want to take them in the second year. Like look at Saquon Barkley, perfect example of that. Somebody that really struggled his first his first year back was not looking like the same guy. Didn't have the, this year, he comes back year two and just looks like Saquon again. Super explosive, back to being him. And so I just can't fuck with Brees Hall at RB8. Like I, if he's gonna go even inside the top 12 of running backs, I'm out. Like I like I I I will not have I will not draft any Brees Hall because it's just too high for him. Love the player. I think he's still gonna be a fantastic player. I think moving forward. You know, once you get past this year, but this year I just can't mess with. Yeah, same. It, it's something that we we talked about. I think at the at the end of the season, or or maybe it was whenever we were doing our uh, way too early rankings, and that was uh, those are a couple of the the names that we that we touched on. I the, the thing that jumps out to me here is like nothing necessarily negative compared to <laughs> compared to the first two rounds, but if these running backs stay in this range. There are going to be a lot of happy fantasy players, right? Like Nick Chubb. Like if I were just to tell you, like Nick Chubb RB nine, you'd be like, oh, okay, like like that makes sense. Twenty seventh overall, you know, what I mean, beginning of the third round, fantastic. Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, and then even Ramondre Stevenson, you know, RB twelve. It's like, man, he's he's getting up there. But nope, we're we're still talking about toward toward the end of the third. I think it's going to be interesting to obviously see where DeAndre Hopkins lands. Uh, that was a piece of news that feels almost forgotten at this point is the fact that like they were putting him on the block as early as they were. So I think he's interesting at wide receiver 17. And same thing with Amari Cooper. Obviously, we saw him ball out with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Deshaun Watson comes in and did not look good. But I think it's just a, a fact of the matter that he didn't play football for two years, right? Like I you know, maybe he doesn't get back to what how we viewed him as like a top three, top five quarterback in Houston. But I think it's it's at least somewhere in the middle. I don't think it's going to be all the way as poorly as he played. So Amari Cooper, wide receiver 18, is is definitely a price I can get behind. And then the last, uh, let's just go through the, the fourth round here, and then we can start just talking about any overall thoughts we have outside of that. But the next quarterbacks coming off the board, we have Justin Fields at the top of the fourth followed by Lamar Jackson, Tony Pollard, Mike Williams, Calvin Ridley, baby, TJ Hawkinson, Christian Watson, Najee Harris, Michael Pittman, George Kittle, Justin Herbert, and Christian Kirk rounding out the top four rounds. I mean, <laughs> I mean let's, let's, you know, the, the elephant in the room here, Calvin Ridley. I mean, I, I ranked him pretty generously whenever we did our way too early rankings, you know, you know, a month ago or so, whenever that was, maybe two months ago at this point. But Calvin Ridley, a wide receiver 20, 41 overall. As as excited as I am to see him back on the field, I don't know if I have the, the, the cojones to, <laughs> to do that, man. That is just a, a hefty, hefty price. And I think I uh, ranked him like around – I think I had him as like a high-end wide receiver too. So he's obviously going later 
than what I had him as, as a wide receiver 20. But like I said, 41 overall, can't do it. Can't do that. You know, Christian Watson is interesting here. Uh, you know, wide receiver 21. Again, is Aaron Rodgers going to be there or not? Like, we we don't know yet. But, you know, we, we saw Green Bay want to utilize him in a bunch of different ways. So he's a, he's definitely a name going to be keeping uh, keeping track of, and I think if Aaron Rodgers leaves, we're going to see that price drop pretty drastically as well. Um, and Mike Williams being at wide receiver nineteen, it was definitely not a name I was expecting to to see there, especially just with how like his season ended. You know, being banged up, he was someone that like a lot of people were pointing to as being injury prone. That he has a season he had. Uh, you know, maybe some of that has to do with the report that Keenan Allen could be a cap casualty. Doesn't look like it's going to be the way now, um, but maybe that's what's been driving his price a little bit. I was just a little, uh, little shocked to see that he was up here at wide receiver nineteen. But what stands out to you in the uh, the fourth here, Kev? You nailed it, Calvin Ridley. Like I just <laughs> like it's it's listen. Like I like Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, he's not. He's not like he's an older player. Yes, he missed all of last year. He also only played five games. He hasn't played a full season since 2020. Uh, so, you know, he's still only 28 years old. Like, there's he's not, like, over the hill or anything like that. But, like, this is a different situation. There's, mu- there's a lot more weapons here in Jacksonville than what the situation he came from in Atlanta. I mean, it was kind of just him and Julio, you know, and Julio, you know, would miss time and, all this other stuff. Like, this is a different situation. You still have Christian Kirk here, who was the wide receiver one from this team last year. Zay Jones is still going to be there as well. He's going to command targets. We'll have to see what's going to happen with Evan Ingram. You know, do they bring him back, or do they bring in another tight end? Like, I just don't know if there's going to be enough for him to see the volume that he saw with, you know, in Atlanta, right? Like, his best year he had, which was uh, wide receiver four and fantasy points per game in 2020, but that was off the backs of 143 targets. He had 1,300 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. Like, I still think that he's a good wide receiver, but, man, like, I, I just don't know. But also, maybe it's just one of those situations we haven't seen him for so long, right? Like, where it's like, oh, maybe this is, is – but if he was a guy that had been playing this entire time and he was coming off the board at wide receiver 20, we probably would have a different opinion on that and say, well, okay, he's going too low. Right. And so yeah. like, I think it could go either way, but I do think there's some risk there for considering how long he's been out. And I think just being in a, a different situation in general with all the other uh, options there, this isn't just a situation he's going to walk into and command 150 targets. It's, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think there's likelier that he lands hundred and, probably 115, 120, maybe 130 targets uh, with this offense here uh, th- this year. So I do think that one kind of stood out to me a little bit. And I also think um, – I know this is, I think, just a little bit past, but uh, Chris Godwin, he's going too high. Uh, I know it's wide receiver 24, so it doesn't seem that bad, but 49th overall, can't do it. Uh, unless I know who the quarterback is and unless it's somebody that I feel really comfortable about, which I don't, I think there's still a possibility they could go with Kyle Trask at quarterback. Again, this is a team that probably wants to try to tank a little bit and get a franchise quarterback next year. There is a really, really good one coming out next year with Caleb Williams. Now, we say that now. We'll see what happens because, uh, you know, I remember all last year talking about, you know, um, like Jack Smith and Jigba. Like, it was like he's the unquestioned number one wide receiver coming out next year. And now, like, there's a lot of people that's like, ah, whatever. Like, uh, he's he's not that good, whatever. Like, it's just what happens. So, anyways, Caleb Williams still is is probably the number one guy next year everybody's going to want. It's going to be suck for Caleb Williams season. Uh, so I just can't really draft any Bucks wide receiver, especially 49th overall. That's just 
that's yeah. that's that's too much. So, uh, Cody, outside of the top four rounds, like, what is there anybody that like you stands out to you as like players you're like I you think it's good value players that you would look uh, would like to take advantage of or anything that stands out to you past these guys? Also rough with uh, with a negative, uh, Damian Pierce going in the sixth round. Now again, you know all these running backs are, are getting pushed down, so it's not it's not the end of the world. And by the time that you know most people who are drafting are going to be drafting in August, like we're going to have the the main piece to this puzzle, and that is whether or not Houston takes a running back with you know equal or higher draft capital compared to what Damian Pierce had last year. Like we, we've seen this happen now, you know, Michael Carter had himself a, a nice year. No one was really pegging the jets to especially trade up to take someone like Brees Hall. They did it. So this in, in the sixth is either going to make the people that are drafting him very happy or very sad. You know what I mean? Like I would much rather wait 20 picks and take someone like Tyler Algier, who's obviously in a similar situation where he could just be Michael Carter and, you know, not and lose his uh, starting job just because of the lack of draft capital surrounding him. So that that's, that's one of the ones I saw that I was just like, man, like I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing that at this point. Right. Like obviously if they don't end up drafting uh, anyone of any significance, then that like, that's a, that's a fine spot, you know, but especially with the, the running backs being pushed down now, like Damian Pierce in the six, like doesn't sound like as exciting as it potentially should. Um, David Njoku at tight end nine, if he stays at that spot, he's probably going to be one of my favorite tight end targets. Uh, ADP of 99.3 right now. Kev, your boy Khalil Herbert at RB32. Similar situation with Damian Pierce just because like we still need to see what, what happens a little bit. And then that's obviously going to affect and change things big time by the time that you know draft season rolls around. But if David Montgomery isn't back, I think obviously one – Herbert's ADP shoots up a little bit, assuming they don't do anything crazy at, at at running back in the draft, which they absolutely shouldn't, considering the the holes they still have and trying to build around Justin Fields. But uh, that that is something that's very interesting. Although I do think it's sneaky for Monty to go back to Chicago just because of how much money Chicago has and how poor this free agent class is like, could they go out and maybe drop a, a huge bag for somebody like Orlando Brown at a position where they could definitely use it in Chicago? Sure. Then they're still going to have a shit ton of money still left. So I think it's sneaky for, for him to go back and would kind of squash uh Khalil Herbert's value. And another one that stuck out to me, uh, apparently I'm just all in on the Browns because uh, Donovan's people Jones, a wide receiver 52 Especially the best ball setting, that's definitely a, a price I can get behind. Those were some of the the bigger things that that stood out to me. What about you? Yeah, I think there's uh, quite a f- there are I should say quite a few, but I think there's definitely some names that I that I, that I think that we should be uh, monitoring uh, here. So I, I think if, uh, one that stood out to me was Traylon Burks going at seventy six point three. I think that he has uh, kind of been uh, pushed yes. down at, at, at this point. Um, I yes, it's with the Titans, but I think if he can stay healthy, I mean, he was somebody that battled a lot of injuries this year, but definitely showed that he is their best wide receiver. And he's in a situation where there's just not a lot of other options there. Like it's not a team that's loaded with a lot of wide receiver talent. Like, yes, they could end up being a team that signs somebody or they draft somebody, but I still think that he's the best wide receiver they have on this team. And I think that, um, that he's somebody that we definitely should be taking a look at. And like, I think he showed 
and, and the limited sample size we saw that he can be a dominant wide receiver here that they hit on another really solid uh, option. So uh, considering he's coming off the board at wide receiver 39 or 76 overall, I do like uh, getting a, uh, I do like that for him. Uh, Cam Akers, RB24, 80th overall, I think is too low uh, for him. You know, I, I, I do think Cam Akers, I think what we saw from him, you know, it took him a while to kind of get things going, get things right. Crazy situation. We've talked about it. But over the last six weeks of the season, he was the RB3 overall over that span. So 300-yard uh, games over that. So, you know, I think, you know, you'll have Matt Stafford back healthy. This offense should be a little bit better. I should uh, rebound a little bit from what it was last year. I don't think that team is as bad. They should be able to, you know, invest a little bit in the offensive line, for, uh, maybe uh, with the limited draft capital they have because, they you know, they traded away some of their picks. But it looks like they could possibly be looking to trade like a Jalen Ramsey to add more draft capital back, um, which probably would be smart for them. But so I do think Cam Akers at RB24 uh, is somebody that we can, we can look at um, as well. And then – uh, I think some other guys that, you know, a little bit later here uh, that I that really stood out to me. Uh, one was Isaiah Hodgins. Like, he might be Let's that good, go. right? Like, yes, a guy that came Let's off the go. street uh, from Buffalo, signs with the Gi- Giants, and just immediately steps in and says, no, I'm the alpha here, uh, and I'm going to. And really uh, was kind of, uh, you know, sneaky. Uh, so really a sneaky option. And there's not a whole lot yeah. of other options there. I mean, they cut Kenny Galladay, thankfully, one of the Gall. worst decisions that Dave Gettleman did. But Dave Gettleman was such a terrible GM. We knew that whenever they made the decision to bring him in there. But, you know, Kenny Galladay's gone. Sterling Shepard's a free agent. Uh, they, they still have Wandale. They Can't traded Kadarius Tony. You know, and so they don't have a lot there. And so Isaiah Hodgins could easily be the number one wide receiver on this offense next year. Yeah, we'll still have to see with Daniel Jones and what they do with him. I do think they're going to bring him back one way or the other. I just can't see them letting Daniel Jones walk. Now, Daniel Jones, listen, bro, I, I, I've kind of been on your on your bandwagon for a while, but we can't be asking for $45 million a year, bro. Like, I get your money, get your paper, however you can, but don't be asking for $45 million, okay? You had one good year. Yes, you did it with a bunch of nobodies, but let's let's pump the brakes. You don't need to be asking for $45 million, okay? You know, take another, you know, a short-term deal, prove yourself that you're the guy, and then you can get then you can get that paper. But, do, but you can't be out here asking for $45 million, bro. But that's not far away from Patrick Mahomes' money. Like, stop it. So, but I, I do think Isaiah Hodgins, I think, is a, a guy I really like. Kenneth Gainwell going 124.6. I really like him. I don't think they're going to bring I – mean, Miles Sanders is not going to be back. I think it's possible that they don't really do a lot to address the position. So, I do think that Kenneth Gainwell could end up being the guy for them next year. They're, they're number one running back. So, getting being able to get him 124th overall, uh, I do like that as well for somebody like him. So, you know, I, I think you know once you get past this, I think you just start taking some some shots on some of these guys, right? Like I think Michael Gallup. You know, he was coming off ACL. We, we don't want to admit that. We just want to say Michael Gallup was terrible. But Michael Gallup was coming off a, a really really late in the process ACL tear, and so he's going 148.1. The Cowboys are kind of in a rough spot because they don't really have much cap space to work with, so they're not going to be a team that's going to be able to go out and make some tra- or sign some play- some players and stuff like that. So maybe they can address through the draft. They drafted Jalen Tolbert last year. Did absolutely nothing for them. So Michael Gallup going at 148.1 overall, I think uh, is is solid as well. And you got Alec Pierce, 153.6. I don't know what they're going to do because right now Paris Campbell's a free agent. They still have Michael Pittman there. Um, Jelani Woods is still there, but you know they're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to get their franchise quarterback. That quarterback is likely going to step right in and start from day one. So whether that's C.J. Stroud, whether that's Bryce Young, like one of those two guys is likely going to be the starting quarterback for the Colts. And 
they don't really have anybody else to throw the ball to. Uh, it's it's Michael Pittman and Jelani Woods. And so Alec Pierce, who was a second-round pick last year, had some moments this past year, but that offense we know was absolutely anemic with Matt Ryan and all the other bums they were trying to throw out there. So Alec Pierce at 153.6 uh, with his really solid speed, somebody that really started to come on, flashed at times last year. I think Alec Pierce at 153.6 I think is another guy that we could take a look at here as well as, as kind of a late round guy that I think is just being a little bit undervalued right now. Yeah. Just to add on to your Michael Gallup point real quick, uh, something that I feel like wasn't really talked about. It's kind of been like swept under the rug. Gallup also had two additional surgeries at the end of the season. He had arthroscopic surgery for his meniscus and his right knee. Then he also cleaned up his right ankle as well. So, you know, who knows if, if that was, you know, all related or, you know, when that was picked up. But he was someone that we, you know, we liked coming into this year, even with the, that late ACL because of how late he was going. Did not look good, you know, throughout throughout the season as all. But maybe the fact that he had to get two surgeries at the end of the season played a big part of it. So I like that call. Uh, you know, t- the Traylon Burks love that call out as well. Like, give me Traylon Burks at his price over Garrett Wilson at his, like, easily. Like, I, like not that's not even – that shouldn't be a hot take. Uh, you know, Chris Olave was going right after uh, Garrett Wilson. I think he went the next round. Like, give me Burks at his price over those guys at, at their prices. Um, and then Chigo Conquo at tight end 16. I think he's going to be, like, the late-round tight end that ends up not being a late-round tight end because he's going to get pushed up. I think people are going to start looking into you know what he was able to do on limited, um, limited opportunities, limited limited snaps that he saw. Austin Hooper now out of the way, you know, and like you said, there's there's nothing else there. And as much as they want to run Derrick Henry, like that, like that one's coming too. Like that cliff is is coming as well. Like we have <laughs> we have been praying on his downfall for you know the past three years. It feels like eventually we're going to be right. Eventually that, that is going to come, but uh, you know, especially with now having some offensive line questions that, that, that is uh, th- those good times are going to be coming to an end. So uh, that, that was the other one. And then Jalen Warren, you know, for a, for a zero RB fan, he's almost going with an ADP of 200. I just feel like, you know, we, we saw him step in and produce for, you know, uh, pr- pretty decently, when Najee Harris went down, we kind of saw them split it somewhat. And then Najee Harris ended up taking over down the stretch. But I think Jalen Warren, and you know, especially again for a zero RB type of play for as late as he's going, I think it was like RB 60 um, is, is interesting. And I, I definitely did not have on my bingo card that I would be saying two nice things about Pitt or Pittsburgh players, but it's the off season. And, uh, and here we are. Yeah, and I think in terms of just like some, you know, later round running back options, I think that one uh, name, a couple of names that stood out to me, one, um, Alexander Madison is a free agent this year. So uh, right now there's no running back behind really of Dalvin Cook except for Ty Chandler, who they just who they drafted last year, where they brought in last year. Uh, I believe he, they put him on IR um, early in the process. And so, but he's somebody that they really kind of talked about in the preseason that they really liked. I think he flashed times there as well. Now this could definitely be a situation where they draft another running back or bring somebody else in and kind of nuke that. But 238 or RB 80 is definitely uh, pretty easy to latch onto. 
And then Zamir White uh, is actually going – because right now, I mean, he's technically the starting running back for the Raiders right now, right? I mean, Josh Jacobs is a free agent. Um, he's going RB63, 209th overall. Um, so I think that you could look at him. Now, again, you know, that obviously Josh Panos did draft him last year. Didn't really get much of an opportunity. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with Josh Jacobs at this point, where he lands. Does he go back to the Raiders? I think it's possible he could go back to the Raiders. Um, but if he doesn't, uh, maybe they bring somebody else in. But, you know, Zamir White could also be a guy that is going super late that we could take, you know, you could look, take some shots on because he may end up being that starting running back for them or at least, uh, you know, have a significant role for them anyways. Um, uh, you know, and uh, I think um, as well. So uh, I think that's kind of what stands out to me now. There's a lot. I mean, we could sit here and talk all day about guys that, you know, I think are late round guys that you could take a look at and take shots on. But I think right now, like those are the one. Those are the names that kind of really stood out to me. Um, is there anybody else for you? I think it's it for me for now, man. I think we, uh, I think we covered a lot of names. Hit on the rookies. Yeah, but like you I'm said, a- there, there's there's a ton that still needs to shake out with with free agency. Like we need to get that first, and the draft is going to end up shaking a lot of this up too. Absolutely, and you know it's crazy. It's coming quick because NFL free agency starts in like two weeks, two weeks. and so. We'll get that. We got combine again. We've said it, you know, this weekend or depending on when you're looking at this, uh, it already happened. And so that's going to, you know, that, that'll shake a little bit up. Uh, but then we get free agency. That's going to change dramatically of what we know. You know, t- we're going to see more players get uh, get traded or released uh, here uh, coming out. And so that, that'll that change things, trades and everything else. And then the NFL draft, which is the biggest, you know, last thing we need. Then we'll kind of have a full picture of how all this is going to go. So, Right now, I think there's definitely some pockets of that you could kind of uh, take advantage of. I think in best ball right now, if I'm doing an early draft, I'm you might consider going running back a little bit heavier early because that's you're going to get incredible value for it uh, versus the wide receiver position. But you know, right now it's just wild. I really I don't think that the the season long league is going to be this drastic of a stance. I don't think it's going to be this drastic of a stance of, on wide receiver, but if it is. We're gonna have a lot to talk about <laughs> in yeah. July and August uh, because it's just wild how, how early these wide receivers are are being yeah. uh, steamed up right now. So that being said, I appreciate everybody listening to the show. I appreciate everybody rocking with us. Uh, we'll be back again next week to talk about the glorious, glorious NFL Combine. You know the winners, the losers, everything else that stood out from there. What, what information we get from it. So I uh, hope everybody has a great weekend, and we will be back again shortly next week to talk about the NFL Combine, and then we'll start setting up NFL free agency. So have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week. Open all the Bye. doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know. Same time.
Some other beginnings 